the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom, and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler, and I'm the lead rabbi on, uh, of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel and St. Pete and South Tampa. And Conexion, our Spar- Spanish-speaking congregation, is in Wesley Chapel as well. So we're honored that you are listening this day, and we're blessed to have you here. Let's begin our time with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you and worship you, Lord. Lord, we are dedicated to you during this season of Hanukkah, Lord, as we dedicate our lives and rededicate our lives to you. Lord, we need you more than anything these days. And so help us, O Lord, to focus on you. Help us to really see how you are working in our lives and that we would be a tremendous ambassador for you, Lord. We thank you and praise you. We pray for a a, a wonderful radio program that would really uh, touch people's hearts. So we thank you. We bless you and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, well, last week we talked about uh, Hanukkah. And we will continue as it begins the evening of December 7th, that's Thursday. And we pray that you will um, talk to your Jewish friends and share your burden for Israel, share your burden for the Jewishness of our faith. Uh, This is a great time to share your faith. Invite them to celebrate Hanukkah with you. Just like we had a Haggadah for Thanksgiving, we also have one for Hanukkah, which will make you an expert, right? Imagine inviting your Jewish friends over to celebrate Hanukkah and going through a short service in the Haggadah. Call our office, ask us to send you, email you, uh, whichever you prefer, uh, a Haggadah, or you can just go to our website and see it one page at a time there. Uh, if we send it to you, it's a $3 charge each, but you know, there's something great about having the booklet in your hand and giving it to others. So, um, again, if you can't afford it, we'll still send it to you, so you can't lose, right? <laughs> okay, Hanukkah is probably one of the best-known Jewish holidays, mostly because it is at the same time as Christmas. We mentioned this last week, that many Jews think of this holiday as the Jewish Christmas, 
And so their customs are gift-giving, decorations, and a Hanukkah bush, right? Okay. So the root of this holiday was a fight against spiritual and cultural assimilation and for the freedom to worship God. Yet it has become the most assimilated secular holiday on our calendar. So last week we talked about the history of Hanukkah and the major themes. They were deliverance. You know, we're saved from our sin. Secondly, cleanse our temple, our uh, body, mind, and spirit. Third, dedicate ourselves to the Lord, because Hanukkah actually means dedication. Four, we are to be a light to the world, as Hanukkah is called the celebration of lights. And finally, we are to become a servant, a servant to all Uh, We are to serve people. Uh, We are to be the shamus, the candle that stands above and takes care of the candles below, or, or the people below in this case. So today we talk about what sins have defiled our temple. So there's a spiritual war going on, wouldn't you agree? Though we don't see it, it's there. Years ago, one of the books that I read was This Present Darkness. If you haven't read it, uh, please do so. It'll open your mind, your eyes to the spiritual warfare that many people don't think about. And so for them, it doesn't exist. In fact, it's an interesting thing. I'm sure this... uh, book was written maybe 30, 35 years ago, and it seems just as current today as it was then. So this warfare comes in so many forms. All of this warfare come under one broad category. Do not have other gods before the one true God. These are the things that really hurt us, what defiles our temple. I call them isms. There are those areas that the enemy uses to tempt us away from God's culture. So let's look at them. I'll give you the list, and then we'll go through all of them. Number one, Hellenism. Number two, progressivism. Number three, relativism. Number four, emotionalism. Number five, super-spiritualism. Now, I would imagine there are more isms than these five, but these are the five I chose. It's, they seem to be very current in the, in, in their deceitful practices. And these are sins that definitely defile our temple. The first one, Hellenism, what that means is you import a culture that is more important than the culture of God. And so that's why many people skip services and go twice a month rather than weekly. Uh, Other things take priority. You know, we get it. Uh, Our American culture is more important than the culture of God. Money is more important. So we work. Uh, Power is more important. Fame is more important. There are lots of things that are more important. All of our modern conveniences are part of our culture and have the potential to defile us, to be more important, like our phones, our Facebook, our TV, our movies. They can all distract us 
from our relationship with God. They heighten our desire to be entertained and have fun. And these modern conveniences can become more important than God. Our culture creates causes which become more important than God as well. So the environment, right? The Green New Deal. Uh, racial and social injustices have become a religion, and even believers have made our culture more important than our relationship with God. We are being seduced by our culture because of our affluence. We're comfortable, so we're looking for more, similar to Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They had everything, but they wanted more. And this led them to sin against God. So our second ism, as I mentioned, is progressivism. And that is importing the world's knowledge over the knowledge of God or God's wisdom. So becoming more modern, the world is saying to us that we are not up with the times. Everything we have done in the past is wrong, and the world has brought now a greater enlightenment. Some believers have bought into this ideology. To the modern world, it makes sense to try out things like, well, let's like try out marriage by living together first, and then com- committing if it works out. Or to the modern world, homosexuality is normal. Being a transsexual is normal and is a matter of choice. Deciding what gender you are. All of these things are the new normal. If you disagree with a progressive, they will make you out to be a villain, a hater. Progressives can act very mean-spirited. You must either agree with them or you're wrong, and when they feel you're wrong, they can do whatever it takes to point it out and bring you down. And then they call you the hater. One of the characteristics of being a progressive is that you're extremely tolerant, except with people who are not progressive or who disagree with you. So that's progressivism. Uh, You hear that word spoken of a lot. Our third one is relativism. Relativism is where truth changes based on the times you live in. So the definition of sin, as an example, would change from the 20th century to the 21st century, which means... Adultery and homosexuality, which used to be a crime, is no longer a crime. Various sexual crimes, included homosexuality, were against the law until the 21st century. Relativism leads to you being your own God and deciding what truth is. You get that? So, you can decide in order to be modern, so to speak, that this is the truth. And it's different from the way it was. And then, obviously, truth is not truth, because in order for truth to be truth, it can't be relative. (laughs) Relativism cannot accept the Bible because it hasn't been updated by modern society. 
relativism has no problem changing history because they see it as making it more current with the times, which is kind of ironic to make history more current with the times. Uh, Relativism has no authority because there is no truth except for what they are speaking. And relativism is a redefining of truth, which makes no sense, because in order for truth to really be truth, it can never change. That's why God's word is critical for our foundation and the foundation of our country. God's word is truth. It never changes. Our fourth in in our five isms is emotionalism. Oh boy, that's a good one, right? Allowing our needs and our desires and our feelings to direct our speech and our actions, which makes it correct. So it's very self-centered as behavior. And so it would make sense that a woman should have a choice about an abortion because of the way she feels. And we wouldn't want her to not feel good. So then it makes sense if she needs an abortion, she should have one. You can hear a little of my New York sarcasm, right? Our character changes based on our feelings instead of our feelings being led by our character, right? How often have you heard someone say, the God I serve wouldn't do that? (laughs) I've got news for you. Sometimes God will make us uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's, it's we are serving him and he decides what he's going to do. So he punishes. He allows sometimes bad things to happen to good people and allows suffering in the world. So, uh, you know, the same people who get upset with those things would also get upset if they thought we didn't have freedom and God controlled everything and we were like robots. So you got to make a choice here, right? And since our emotions rule... Our children see the world differently than when we grew up. We understood right from wrong. They do not. Kids don't have to be respectful because they see from the grown-ups, it's all about how you feel. We don't want to hurt kids emotionally, so everyone has to get a trophy. No one can be seen as better than others. That's why kids can choose their gender. When the world is ruled by emotions, one can do anything for any reason because it's how they feel. It's also why liberals are allowed to riot and conservatives are not. It's why when the courts rule in favor of the emotional person, they rejoice. But if they rule against them, they can use tyranny to change the ruling. The whole area of gender identity is about emotions. I understand that many people believe that it is not a choice, but how we were made. Yes, we are different in how we think and what we feel. When we act on those feelings, we usually do something bad and rationalize it. So it seems correct to us, you know, like when you lie about something, you do it because your emotion says that if you don't lie, you'll get hurt. 
Should we say that lying is okay because we don't want the person who lied to feel bad about themselves? If I have strong urges to have sex, should I be allowed to force girls to have sex because this is how God made me? A pedophile is an adult who is sexually attracted to young children, and depending on how they act out on that attraction, it is against the law. How is this different from allowing your tendencies to cause you to be gay or transvestite? The more we give in our emotions, we will do things that are against God's will when we give in to our emotions. Even the emotion of greed causes us to mishandle money. So, I love this quote. You've probably heard me say this a few times. It's by a person who was not a believer, a Jewish rabbi, American Jewish rabbi. His name was Abraham Joshua Heschel, and he was actually Polish-born. And one of the leading Jewish theologians and Jewish philosophers of the 20th century. And this is what he said. Self-respect is the root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself. I'm going to read that again, just in case... You're still thinking on it. Self-respect is the root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself. Okay. Well, finally, the fifth ism is super, super spiritualism. Okay. And that's believing that God is speaking to you and it allows you not to be accountable or submitted to anybody else. Because really, I know when people come to me and they say, I'd like your opinion because God spoke to me. Well, if God spoke to them, that's the end of the, que- the, the discussion, right? Am I going to tell God he's wrong? <laughs> so we see this with believers in Yeshua. It helps believers not look at their own issues. It helps them not look at reality. Now, I'm not saying that we don't hear from God, but I am saying that oftentimes it is used in this way. Uh, It's a fine line because we should and we do hear from God, but we also should be teachable. We should also be under authority of Scripture and under the authority at least of one person and be open to the fact that we heard wrong. (laughs) These attacks on our temple, uh, all the isms, comes from an unusual place and seems to be beneficial initially. In other words, it makes sense, by, but they lead us into a darkness and into great problems. These sins are intermingled, and though they are different, they support each other and give people a sense they're doing things right. They're a result of not following Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You all know this. Trust in not an eye with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, God, and he will make your path straight. These five defilements, sins, 
They might seem good because we're leaning on our own understanding. We're not trusting God in his word. We're not acknowledging him. The result is following the world rather than following God, even though we're believers. Many of these ideas start off with great intentions and seek to right or wrong, and then they lose their way, like the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was founded in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, particularly black women and girls, and other young women of color from low wealth, uh, low wealth communities, and uh, th- so that they could find a pathway to healing. Sounds great. We'd all support that, right? However, emotions got involved, and now they're the politically correct police, and many bad cultural decisions have been and are being made because of this movement, including cancel culture. God has put us together on this earth to work out our issues. Very few of us are called to be lone rangers. Yes, God has put us on the earth to glorify him. He also gave us a second commandment, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. As we figure out what love looks like and sounds like and acts like, we glorify God. These isms drive us away from God. They defile our temple. God wants us to dedicate ourselves to him so we can stay on the right path, the straight path, the path that leads to abundance rather than destruction. As we begin Hanukkah this next week, would you use it to dedicate yourselves to God and have no other gods before him? Let me suggest to you two scriptures. If you keep them in mind, they'll help you dedicate your self to the Lord. Galatians five thirteen and 14. Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole Torah can be summed up in a single saying, love your neighbor as yourself. The second scripture that I will end with is Philippians 2, 5 to 7. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua, who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. What does it look like when we empty ourselves? What do you empty yourself of? I believe it's your will, your emotions that tell you what your desires are. Will you empty yourself? Will you follow Yeshua's example? That would be to dedicate yourself to him. Hanukkah means dedication. Let us dedicate ourselves with him today. Well, we're out of time. Next week, we actually have one more uh, one more time to talk about Hanukkah. So um, I would just tell you, talk to your Jewish friends, share your burden for Israel, share your burden for Jewishness of your faith. This is a great time to share your faith. Invite them to celebrate Hanukkah with you. Just like we had a Haggadah for Thanksgiving, we also have one for Hanukkah. And imagine inviting your friends over to celebrate Hanukkah and going through a short service. Call our office 
ask us to send you the Haggadah for all the different people at your table for all the different nights. In plenty of time, we can get this to you for Hanukkah. The Haggadah is $3 each, but if you can't afford it, we'll send it free of charge. And use our website, our Shoresh David website, as a tutorial help for pronunciation and tunes when singing. So if there are things you don't know about in the Haggadah, they will be answered on our website. And there is a link in our Haggadah that will send you to that area of our website. Look, it's almost the end of the year. It'd be helpful if you would like to give us some finances to help us pay the radio bills. It'd be a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Would you call our office? 813-831-5673. Well, at this time, I'd just like to close in prayer. Father, I just pray that each and every person who's heard my voice will have the heart to dedicate their lives to you, Lord. And I pray, Father, that they will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray for all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.